Hello, Chico. Hello, Adam. Are you there? I just wanted to listen to it in silence. I'm here. Can't hear you, Chiki. Hello. 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 Hey. 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 You sound a little Hi. muffled. Interesting. How are you? I am good. How are you? Did this change anything? Uh, it's starting to sound better, yeah. I just turned off my Bluetooth. Just yeah. in case. Yeah. We're listening ah. to uh, some Daddy Enzo. Love it. That's why I didn't want to say anything. I just wanted to listen to it. Who's the singer, Adam? La Borde. So good. Hello, potato poodle. Hello, Potato Poodle. Hello, Sharon. How was your day, Chico? <clears throat> My day was fabulous. Yeah? Yeah. Another day in paradise? <laughs> I don't know if you can say paradise, but as much as can be. Oh, come How on. Newark is uh, it's pretty close to paradise. I know. It has an amazing sunset right now. Oh, that's nice. It's still yeah. sunsetting there. It's dark here. Yeah, wow. no, we still have sunset colors. It's gorgeous. Amazing. You have always have a nice view from your place. Yeah, especially because it looks uh, west, the windows, mm -hmm. so I mm -hmm. can always like appreciate the colors of the sunset. Have you seen the supermoons that have been out lately? Oh my god! Yeah, I caught one of them. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It is. It's gigantic. It's so gorgeous. I think so I, I just came from a meeting. A... Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I just came from the meeting with Meredith and a few other people about the festival this weekend. Was because that... we're going to be monitors helping yeah. run the, the lessons to make sure there's no funny stuff going on. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to like... We're like the Hack Gestapo of, of the... the we're the monitors. The monitors. monitors. <laughs> I'm going to be the terrorist. No funny stuff. I might do some funny stuff. I have access. So, so see how you deal with that. It sounds like uh, the classes are, are pretty pretty full. She said 30 to 40 people. That's registering for each class and she said it just jumped up within the last several days 
everybody's so last amazing. minute planning right these days a lot more than i mean it already was like that with tango but it's a lot more like that now which makes sense well every day changes so quickly you know if they release us they something changes everybody might want to go away this weekend or something so <laughs> <laughs> i doubt it yeah i doubt it too but the beaches in new jersey are opening up this weekend oh yeah yeah well i guess if you like swimming in freezing cold water that's the place to be this weekend (laughs) i don't really understand the point (laughs) well no it's memorial day weekend and like people have gardens and backyards and barbecues i guess they can run away to being farther away from people Hmm. like they haven't been far from people you know but at least by the beach with the ocean sounds I guess that could be nice. Yeah. Are you and Ed going to go to the beach soon? To the house? No, we haven't really talked about it. Uh, But, I don't know. I'm enjoying nature. I feel like more than usual. I mean, the beach, there's no doubt. I would always go in a heartbeat if there's an opportunity to go. But any sort of nature, I'm like ingesting it in a whole lot more than i used to do you feel like that uh yeah i mean as much as you can living in a city but yeah (laughs) i'm spending a lot more time (laughs) taking walks in the park and and you know not just running from a, a studio to a subway to another studio to a bar to a baseball game yeah but a lot more time just to walk around and smell the flowers through my POW. Wait, it's not POW. What is the, what is POM? <laughs> every time I see that, every time I see her logo, I think of POW. And I'm like, that's terrible. I think about pom-poms. P-O-M masks. Yes. Well, it's, uh, for me, it's not like those sort of walks, but the walks I used to take, regardless like you know on a free time the walks I would take in the neighborhood I would just sort of watch the path look at the houses but not necessarily like look at the leaves yeah I would appreciate pretty flowers this and that but now I feel like I stop and I look at them for a while and photograph and then move on like uh, I'm taking it in more and like mm, Ed yeah. used to do that sometimes, like when we would walk on, in the woods, he would stop and like look. I'm like, it's the same tree, just another one. <laughs> now I sort of feel more like that, enjoying it. Yeah, I've gotten to know my neighborhood very thoroughly the last two months. Yeah, no shit. Did you discover new streets and stuff that you haven't walked on before? Um. Not so much new, although sometimes they seem new, but new details each time and new. Um, I can just map out my whole neighborhood a lot better than before. And I think I live in a pretty interesting area. It's it's like South Park Slope area. There's streets with houses. There's streets with apartments. It's not just um, like such a I mean, it's still pretty grid like, but there's a lot of little side streets, little dead end streets. And so there's and a ton of trees. It's one of the, like, our neighborhood is just all trees, so. Yeah, which is gorgeous. So that's pretty nice. And, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Interesting. right. When I see streets, like so many more trees than, you know, Newark, it's not like that. So when you run into a street with a lot of trees, I'm like, oh, oh my God, let me walk on this. Even though it doesn't lead anywhere sometimes, I just walk on it to walk by the trees and walk back. Or it leads me to the train tracks and I'm like, hmm, okay, I'll go to the train tracks and return. I find it interesting that they never planted more trees in, out there. They actually did a lot more, like my street and by the train tracks, by my old building. All the trees around here were planted within the last decade. Mm -hmm. I know, Um, I but remember I mean... when, yeah, we fought for that. But yeah, they could do more always. Yeah. Yeah, it seems odd. I guess that's a taxpayer-based kind of thing. So who's listening? Anybody want to give us a call? Yeah. We are here. Oh, Pooja is here, Sharon is here, Poodle is here, Tony is here, April is here, Bruce is here. Oh, my God. Tage is here. Tage is here. He was supposed to call in and say Yeah. hi. Mm-hmm. So one of the themes we wanted to go around tonight or wanted to cover tonight was things that people have been learning lately. Uh, with their time to put into that and Chico I asked you the other day and you said you were saving it for the big show so what have you been learning Mm <laughs> I don't know it's as interesting as your cooking experiences I've been uh, -hmm. playing around with more video editing like you've been doing um, and I learned GarageBand thanks to you and then I made my first GIF the other oh day yeah <laughs> So how do you make a GIF? Is it a GIF or a GIF? I don't know. I call it the GIF, GIF, How do you make one? GIF. Uh, it's like there's an app for it, then you drop your video, and then you have options of how you want to do that. Okay. I think the harder way to do it is with Photoshop, but it's not as like the old way of doing it. Now it's way easier. You just drop Hmm. Hey, a video Tej. in. Hey, Adam. Tage! How's it going? Chico, Good, I heard how are you. you? How are you? I'm good. How are Are you you guys? still are you still working? I am still working. I'm taking a little bit of a break to call in and hang out with you guys for a bit. You're over in LA. That's right. Yeah, so the work Sunny day is in still... LA. It is al it's almost too sunny at this point. I know, good problems to have, but it is getting very hot here. Very <laughs> hot is what? very, it gets to like the 90, like high Oh. 90s during the day sometimes. So Okay. Because it's... Uh, LA doesn't get really, really hot, I thought, usually, like even in summer, but I guess I, it does. I guess it depends on where in LA, like if you're by the ocean, it's pretty nice the whole year round. If you're like further away and in, in more inland, it does get pretty hot. So So does I am. it annoy the shit out of you that it gets so hot, but the water is always so fucking cold to swim Well, that's in? exactly. It's like, what it's like the worst of all worlds. <laughs> You want to go in and then you go and it's still freezing. it's terrible. So it's, it's just, it's. I think I would prefer like two months of like swimmable water here Yeah. versus like always good weather, but you can't swim. That's exact. That's exactly right. Like, it's like the Mediterranean <laughs> is what you're missing. That kind of, you know, or the Caribbean. yeah, That's I mean, really even what you're in missing. New York, I'm fine. Like we can swim for two months. Like, Tej, right. you're you you fled New York to go to a safer place, which is another major city. That's right. <laughs>
<laughs> but um, do you have much experience in LA? Otherwise, other than this time that being there, not not in you LA know, proper. So my my family lives in Orange County, so I go to California all the time because my mom's sister and her whole family live there, and it's kind of like going home for me without going to India. But it's usually in the suburbs, and so this is the first mm-hmm. time that I've been in LA proper. And like you, Adam, I've gotten to know the neighborhood that so 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 I'm in North Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to know the streets and the, and the neighborhood so well because all you, all we do is like walk walk around. Like there's yeah. nothing else to do, right? So yeah. get a good sense of like the neighborhoods, the character, and sometimes we'll even drive to different neighborhoods if we if we have time and then walk around there. So somebody recently said, "Hey, it kind of sucks that you're in LA and you're not really seeing LA the way it should be seen." Well, um, that's what I, I was going to ask you because it's just another way to see it, though. Right, exactly. Like at, at this point, I kind of really know my way around in a way that had that had things been normal, I wouldn't have. Like, because right. you know, I'd be out at restaurants or milongas or whatever, like indoors, but like with people. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like every day, it's like, well, let's now I go north, and now I and then I'll ride a bike east, and I'll I'll figure out the neighborhoods. Um, so at this point, I've actually I'm more comfortable here than I am most places I've been for like a weekend or whatever. Obviously, right? Because I've lived here for a couple months. Yeah. So, and it's actually not a bad town. Like I had a, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy LA the first few times I came, but that was mm-hmm. mostly because I'm not used to driving and everything's super far apart and traffic and, and all, all the and things yeah. that we don't care about in New York. <laughs> yeah. All the things that we like hate as New Yorkers, like, you know, well, to, like the traffic in the, <laughs> traffic there is way worse though. Oh, it's so bad. I mean, right now it's fine, but yeah. yeah, I mean, people are people are loving it. But just the idea, you know how like in New York you can like take a walk and do all your errands, like just you go to the grocery store and then you go to like, you know, the drugstore and then maybe, you know, I don't know, you pick up food on the way home and you don't have to like get into your car, find parking, get out, do mm-hmm. something, get back in your yeah. car, drive, like, which I think is most of America. Like, I think our experience in New York is like much more unique. It's uh, most true. of America is like that. So but I'm not used to it. In most of America, though, it's not such a hassle because you don't have the traffic that LA has. Sure. But on the flip side, being in New York in this particular situation, we're on the we're on the the shitty end of the stick because like because we trans we get around by being in mass transit so much more. Right. Um, it's going to be a lot harder to to get back into that rhythm. You know. No, for yeah. sure. There was like a study that came out about a month ago that said that they suspected that the reason New York got hit so bad was basically subways. Which I, I firmly believe that. You know? Me too. Like, I'm surprised. Than... I'm surprised most. I mean, I, this may sound weird, but I'm surprised more people I know didn't get sick because we were all basically like living in this huge transmittable like bubble in New York for a few weeks before any of us knew what was happening. Yeah. And then the numbers spiked and we decided to stay home. But we were all just like out there for weeks. I have a feeling a lot of us were asymptomatic and carrying it on to other people. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. I hope. I mean, I would hope not. Because you know, like but... I was watching something that it was like 40, 50 percent of the people were asymptomatic. Hmm. And wow. I'm like, wow, that's a big number. Um, so yeah. it could have been. Yeah, and that's the one nice thing about being here is that everybody's in their cars, and even when you go out on the, onto the streets, like there's, it's just so spread out that it's it's just hard to get people in one location together here. Mm-hmm. Like, like Andrea was actually like, like when we walk the streets, like just to take a walk, like 
there'll be like six or seven people on the sidewalk and she'll go like, oh my God, there's so many people on the sidewalk. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's nothing. <laughs> so Sharon and I went went for a walk today and I was like, I was, I always sort of joke about how coronavirus in New York basically makes New York, Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like, now there's just like, it's still a city, but now you just see like one or two people every block or two or, or less right. instead of like just totally congested. Right. And I just feel like, yeah. And everybody's much moving much. Nobody's like in a rush anymore right now. And right. people are like kind of saying hello and just being a little bit more like neighborly. And I feel like, yeah, this, this is what I left. <laughs> I left this 15 years ago, man. I don't, I don't want to be here. <laughs> so you're saying it's not the best of both worlds for you? No, I'm kidding. I mean, it's nice, but it's definitely reminds me of back home. Right. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and then I wonder, like, you know, once we start easing our way back in, like how the subways are going to be and the platforms and just going up and down the stairs and all those little things that we used to just do. And, and man, not even think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. No, totally. It's, uh, I can't, I can't, and it's also interesting how people are going to ease back in because, you know, there's going to be some people who say, listen, I can't live my life in fear of whatever. As soon as they open, they'll be back out, right? And there's going to be certain people who say, I don't know. Is there going to be a second wave? I'm not sure yet. Do I really need to? And I'm curious to see what that proportion is and how that differs, you know, by city or by country or whatever. Like, how quickly do people get back to real life? Well, something Sharon and I noticed was because we take our evening strolls every day in the neighborhood that in the beginning that the, everybody was talking about this. And we feel like lately when we walk around, people are having just normal conversations again. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's kind of kind of nice in a way. I mean, yeah. not that we're getting used to it, but that we're 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 sort of like living our lives among among. Among it or, among. or with it? Among it? I don't know if that's the right way to put that. But there's only 13 people listening, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to divert the conversation a little bit. Paige, do you have any silly, uh, crazy, uh, funny, or creepy tango story you want to share? Creepy How long have tango. you been dancing now? Um, well, now... <laughs> Well, the joke, the joke at home is that I don't know how to dance anymore. So technically, I'm a beginner again, a total beginner again. But uh, when we were dancing, it, it was four years. So um, okay, I started in I started in, in January 2016 because um, because I was just coming off being really sick and I was tired of dancing salsa, and it was a New Year's resolution actually. I was like, I'm going to try this, oh, really? and see how it goes. Cool. Yeah. So I started the first week of January 2016. You are one of the few people that stuck with their New Year's resolutions. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And their New Year's resolution closed on them, actually. And, and, and this is literally the only resolution I've stuck to. Every, every, every other one has gone by the wayside. Um, so what was it? I, I guess you were already dancing couples dances, so you were aware of the tango world that way? You know, yeah, it was. You know, I had actually tried tango once before. Uh, in 2013, because I was like doing salsa for a couple of years at that point, and I was like, "Oh, tango's cool," and I, I would go to dance sport. That's where I was mm -hmm. learning all the Latin, all the other dances. And so I would see they had a, they had a good tango program, 
So I tried it, and for whatever reason, it just didn't feel right for me. Like, I, I didn't love the, I didn't, the music didn't feel right, and, like, I was just kind of bored by it, and I was still pretty much into, like, salsa and bachata and all the other stuff. And I was like, oh, tango mm-hmm. is boring, like, slow dance. I'm never going to dance this. Of course, here we are, because never say never. And <laughs> now I don't dance anything else, really. But um, you also danced Lindy Hop. When did you I do did. that? At dance sport. I, I tried all that stuff at dance sport. Because they had, okay. you know, we... And that okay. was before tango, but after salsa, I guess? Yeah, yeah, I that's see. right. So I started off with salsa, and then I said, ooh, what's, you know, what's hustle? What's tango? What's Lindy Hop? Wow. Um, so, You're a dance dance was great. Yeah, dance sport was great for that. Um, yeah, they had like uh, really affordable, like all you can take kind of class packages, right? Yeah, and that's how I ended up doing all these things. Because once mm-hmm. you have the, once I was there like four nights a week, you just try everything, right? Yeah, that's cool. Kind of a thing. Um, and in- interestingly, the way I got dancing was actually my mom told me about it. My mom actually went to dance sport before I did. Huh. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, she That's was visiting so me cool. and had a lot of time on her hands, and she's always like dancing. So she found dance sport in two thousand eight. I and then love at some that. Point, yeah, and at some point, you know, I was like complaining about how I was working too much and I had all this time. I didn't have any hobbies, and she was like, "Well, why don't you just take up dancing? You've always liked it." And uh, I was like, "Yeah, I guess that makes sense." And she she says, "Remember that studio I used to go to?" And, you know, so I checked it out with a friend of mine from high school who also lives in New York. Um, and she went with me for a month. Mm-hmm. And then she got busy with life and never came back. Um, but that month was <laughs> enough for me to get hooked to, to dance. Yeah, you know, January is like when I stay away from the gym, from the yoga, from like anything, because it's all the New Year's resolutioners. Mm-hmm. I remember because a few <laughs> years ago I was at my yoga class and it was like fucking packed. And f- the teacher, Frank, he's like, all right, everybody. We just, it's January 3rd. Everybody's excited. <laughs> it's like, just be patient. In another month, it'll go back to normal. <laughs> I love and that. It's true. It was totally true. And every, once he mentioned that, like every year, I, I just brace myself. I'm like, all right, it's January. All these things are going to be busy for a little while. And then everybody's going to go back to their normal, uh, whatever they do. That's fine. That's hilarious. You're like the one of the, the very few. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it was different that second time around. I guess I just found a bunch of good people. I started at Triangulo, actually, and that place is awesome, or was awesome, or whatever. Is, was, whatever. Yeah, they um, have a new studio, so it is, is, is still, yes. Is then, yeah, no, it was a very welcoming community, so. Well, I think uh, that's really a big part of it, is that if the community makes you feel like a place you want to be, not just for the dance, but just to hang out, then you're more likely to stay, you know? Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. I think that's it. And I think that you know that was a big part of difference between the two. For whatever reason, like it just clicked the second time around, and here we are. You know, so uh, all good. Yeah, things. here we are, all sitting at our homes, not not dance. dancing, <laughs> not dancing. We could be taking class with you guys right now, but no. This is but a much. This is forces cool. beyond our control. Yeah, no, the, and as they say. <laughs> So it's yeah. so cool that your mom sort of inspired you to get to these dances. My parents actually did tango before I ever started. Oh, really? Um, Both your parents? Both. Like they, yeah, they, they tried lessons together, and they did it with a couple of their friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they went to this place where they had one teacher 
for maybe five, six couples. They're all really good friends for like 40 years. So in the end, I don't know, after a month or two, the teacher like quit on them because they, <laughs> they were just having too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> and not listening much and just making fun of each other and just like you know right being there that's what happened to us too though you remember robin kind of like fired us from his classes that's true it was like <laughs> you two you need to separate <laughs> yeah i was laughing so hard at one point that my gum went flying out and hit chico on the forum you remember that chico yeah because there was this lady in class that always looked perpetually like somebody just put a shine, a bright light in her face. <laughs> but like just before you cover your face where you're just, right. the, it's right before that moment. It's like, right. It's just the shock moment. And she just always looked like that. <laughs> Chico and I would just be chuckling about it. Um, of course, just to ourselves, we didn't want to offend anybody, but, and we then at one point. over anything, basically. Yeah. And Robin got really upset one day and he was like, you're here to learn, <laughs> not have fun. I could totally see Robin saying something like that, too. Oh, that's, funny. that's funny. How long ago was this? Like, it's been, I mean, you guys have been teaching. 2004 or five. Right. 2004. Uh, well, yeah, you didn't really start when I moved to New York. So maybe it was 2005. I don't know. No, I think we met the year that you moved. We well, then it was 2004. Literally, like, yeah, like a few months after you moved or something. Mm -hmm. And look at that, Adam. You're back to Cleveland again, just in New York. Comes full circle. Yep. Yeah. So. Exactly. <laughs> the only thing that I'm missing is sports. Although I hear they're playing uh, football, soccer in Europe. Soccer, yeah. Yeah, the empty stadiums. I, I saw something about... I saw like a, a meme or something on Facebook because, you know, most people follow like the English Premier League as like the, the main like league in Europe, uh, I guess. And then all the other ones are like if you're from France or Germany, you'll follow like the local leagues or whatever. And somebody posted something on Facebook saying, man, I am so starved for sports that I'll even watch the German Football League. I'll even... <laughs> <laughs> it's a I good actually, league. I thought, I, yeah, they're, they're damn good league. They're and I thought about kids, watching yeah. too. I never yeah. watched football, but I thought I would start because I'm like, well, there's nothing else going on right now. Right. I'm curious how they're doing that because because um, you're still like sweating and spitting on each other and shit. So I don't know. <laughs> I think they're just testing the players pretty regularly and like quarantining them in hotels, I think, and not letting them interact with anybody else. So like instead of like isolating yourself, now they're isolating like the team, I yeah. guess. Because huh. I'm hoping they do that with baseball. That's why. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> really hoping. I would I love nothing. When 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 I knew we were going to go into quarantine, I, it was March 12th, and I was like, opening days in, in on the 26th. I said this is going to be great. I don't. I can't work. I can just watch baseball. And then they canceled baseball like the next day, and I was like. <laughs> I think, like, a lot of people in Turkey was possibly very upset about the whole sports being canceled. They live on that shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. A lot of us, a lot of us spend an abundance of 
Spare time doing that. <laughs> I, mean, I even watched the NFL draft because it was like the only thing coming close to sports. I like, sat at home and watched like the first couple rounds of the draft. I don't know any oh of the players. God. I'm watching the, the Jordan documentary right now. I've heard really good things about that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. So. That's cool. I'm so glad you called in. Of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop off so let somebody else call in or whatever. But I'll be I'll be I'll be logged in. I don't want to monopolize the whole time. But I heard you, Chica, right. and this okay. is awesome. It's really good to talk cool. to you guys. You too. Yeah, you too, man. I'll see you tomorrow for game night. Sounds good, man. Talk to you, Chica. Are you coming for game <laughs> night? I'm seeing so many Maybe. more people through game nights. Yeah, game night's I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm staying away from Zoom for a couple of days because weekend oh, okay. is gonna be intense amount of Zoom. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, if not this week, it's another point. Yeah. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. See you, man. Yes, yep. we have Pedro here. And he's going to be joining us. Oh, there he is. Hello, sir. Joining us for our musical portion of the show. April just commented saying, this show is going to be amazing. April, we are a half an hour into the show. This show already is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll take your compliment. But she didn't think so. <laughs> Hi, Pedro. Hello, hello. How are How you, guys? Good. Well, well. Thanks for Just, calling uh... in. How are you today? Well, pretty well. You know, uh, I guess like, uh, yeah, many of us, you know, adapting to this new situation. Mm -hmm. Did you go for a bike ride today? Actually, I went for a run today. My younger daughter was on her bike and I was uh, running. How yeah. many? You have more than one daughter? Two. Yeah, I have two. Oh, I have wonderful. a 13-year-old, which is a lot of fun now. Imagine, you know, nothing better than a quarantined teenager. And then, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. guessing that's sarcastic. Yeah. Is she oh. behaving? Is she behaving like the protesters in Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, generally speaking, it's amazing. But so just you get a sense. Maybe three days ago, she starting she started shooting at all of us, kind of constantly with a you know with a whatever with a, her hand you know like all the time. Wow. So okay. that's a, okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a little bit a scenario at home. I but think yeah, she's no. going star crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how old is the younger one? And the younger one is eight. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and so she, of cute. course, realizes uh, what's happening at home, and she's like double as sweet, you know. Uh, yeah, it's a very nice dynamic here at home. Oh, that's nice. Are they good friends? <laughs> Actually, they can be. Uh, I think considering their siblings, uh, I don't yeah. know if you guys have siblings, but I've had mm -hmm. siblings, and I most of my memories are fighting. And um, the uh, everything is a joke, guys. You can laugh a little bit. You're giving all everything we that are? I say a sense no, no, of I, drama. I was nodding when you said, "Oh, I was fighting." I was like, "Yep, yeah, me too." <laughs> and uh, you know, they actually, you know, they fight, but they also play a lot. And right now, they just, you know, finished practicing their instruments and they were taking turns and having fun. So it's, you know, considering everything, you know, they're doing really well. That's amazing. That's good. Yeah, no, we had a lot of, like, with my brother, we would have really good time playing, but, man, we also had an insanely physical 
period <laughs> where we would kick the shit out of each other. And like, it was part of our games even. Like it was the reward of the games was like to have a right to kick the, the other one and stuff like that. Um, mm. So it's, I guess, part of the whole sibling thing. It is. So is it the younger or older brother? Two years older. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, he would beat me up, man. And then my mom would come and yell at me, don't raise your hand to your older brother. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds fair. (laughs) You're lucky, Chica. My my little sister, I have two younger sisters, and I remember my one sister, Laura, because I was... You know, I was bigger than her, so she had to take her shots when she could get them. And sometimes, like, I would be minding my own business, like, laying on the floor watching TV, and she would just, like, come over my face with, like, a, a, a toy car or something and just throw it right at my face and oh. run away. <laughs> and my dad or somebody would be like, well, you had it coming. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> I mean, he, he didn't – it's not that they didn't, you know – um, punish her or anything, but they kind of understood that she'd been waiting a while to get that. To do there. that. <laughs> I'm sure I did no, stuff no. like that too. Uh, so they play music. What do they play? My eldest one plays uh, both the electric bass and the acoustic bass. And the younger one plays the violin and the piano. Wow. Oh, wow. So they yeah. were... That's something that they took an interest in? On their own, or were you kind of angling for oh, that? Oh, no, no, or... no, no. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think it's a very important part of just general education to play mm-hmm. uh, an instrument. And uh, I couldn't care less if they, you know, decide to spend their life doing that or if they want to do something completely different. That's all good. But I think it's a very important part of uh, just, you know, uh, being formed as a human being. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, they usually do one instrument each, but since we are stuck in our apartment, uh, you know, we added one instrument. So, you know, the young, the older one used to play only acoustic, so I gave her my electric bass so she can have some fun and play wow. some, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> exactly, no, play, you know, some tunes that she really likes, you know, some, uh, what's her name, Billie, Billie Eilish. Uh, so she plays, you know, her tunes on the bass, and then my younger one just started sitting on the piano, so I just, you know, started teaching her. So if your neighbors are bothering you with noise, you have good weapons. Oh, <laughs> yes, actually, thank God. my I don't have a neighbor downstairs. The guy doesn't live here. Uh-huh. Uh, and my neighbor upstairs is super, you know, super, you know, uh, patient. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise I would be my worst neighbor, you know, it's just nightmarish. <laughs> yeah. I think it's amazing that, like, process of seeing anyone start playing an instrument and the people who live through that period with them right yep because they have to experience it all and it's amazing like as parents our parents are so patient with everything we try on yep my dad used to try to teach me guitar it's funny because i think it's it's very difficult to to have that kind of relationship in certain moments like my dad plays guitar and i wanted to play guitar when i was a kid and we always got along great but he was and he taught guitar on the side but he we couldn't that didn't work between us you know and so i went off and did lessons on my own 
And then when he moved to New York a long time ago, and he since moved back to Cleveland, but he started doing tango with Chico and I. And I remember <laughs> it was so hard to teach him. But then like our friends who were, you know, our, our other friends who were teachers would come and work with him. And it, it seemed to work so much better. So there's this interesting dynamic in, in, <laughs> based on certain relations. Oh, it's so actually for me, it has been only challenging. Uh, it's, yeah, it's very, you know, my father was a conductor and he never taught me. And I thought it was like the smartest thing on earth because mm. it's uh, so difficult. I mean, especially if you don't have any talent, you know, for teaching, which is me. Uh, you have like zero patience, uh, you know, uh, and uh, and terrible. I'm the worst kind of teacher you can think of. <laughs> like for the first whatever, like six months, every single lesson would end up with my daughter crying. I mean, I was like a complete oh disaster. <laughs> you know, like borderline ruining the relationship with music. And then I would kind of... But of course, eventually I learned my lesson and, you know, sent her to, you know, private uh, teachers. And that, of course, worked significantly better. But, you know, now in the quarantine, I'm actually, you know, a little bit more hands-on. And, you know, I, I have to breathe in deeply and just, like, remember <laughs> that I suck. And that, you know, I have to, <laughs> yeah, be better. And uh, and so far, it's kind of working. I mean, you eventually learn. I mean, one does learn at least a little bit. So I'm, I'm getting a little better teaching. So yeah, I think my... Sorry, go Sorry, ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Chica. No, I was no, just going to ask, you think you are impatient because it came to you easily or because, like, you are you started learning so early that you're so disconnected from the time that you learned the stuff? Or it's just... No, I think it's just like, pure personality. I am uh, okay. kind of... Yeah, and I kind of put my, you know, professional musician standards on them. And, you know, they are actually they started at the very same age I started playing music. So it's pretty much that I'm not adapting to, you know, being eight years old and 13 years old or, you know, before when they were younger. <laughs> it's all, I mean, purely, purely 100% my fault. I mean, it's, a, yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all me. My, my uh, niece and nephew came to visit last May and he's uh three or four now and she's eight and it was so funny because my sister and her husband they're just super patient lovely people and i love the kids but they were around us for three or four days so I, and they're over one day and, and we're having a barbecue and and nate is just acting really funky and he's like i don't know what he was doing he was like i would take something out of this box and he would put it back in right away and eventually i was like nate you know, I'm trying to like reason with him like a human. I'm like, I like an adult. I'm like, Nate, why do you do that? And his his dad looks, Joe looks over. He's like, well, he's two. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I was yeah, like, so, yeah, uh... you're such a good father, man. I'm like, I'm about to lose my shit here. And it's like, he's two. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what else is he going to do? <laughs> I know. Like, Nate, how can you yeah. rationalize this behavior? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's actually like that. Is a, yeah, that's my daily, you know, train of thought every single time. So like, Pedro, remember, she's 13. Remember, she's eight. You know, like, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing. But yeah, I mean, on the other hand, it's a gorgeous uh, voyage to take, you know, parenthood. I mean, yeah. So, Pedro, how do you pronounce your last name? Giraudo. So ah. it's more like, I thought so too. I thought it's a G sound, but I, yeah. I wasn't sure. It's Is that Italian? Italian, exactly, from the north, from Piemonte. I see, Giraudo. Do you have family yeah. in Italy as well as Argentina still? 
Actually, that's a kind of a funny story uh, because the Italians came to Argentina, I mean, my family, five generations ago, and we completely lost touch. And maybe 25 years ago, this tourist from uh, my hometown in Argentina, Cordoba, Uh was in this tiny, I mean, I'm talking about a 400-people town in Italy, and sees that the locksmith in front of the main plaza is uh, called Giraudo. So Ah. he gets in there and says, you know, there is the conductor in the orchestra in Cordoba is named uh, Giraudo. Like, that, you know, do you think you might be, you know, related? And the guy says, well, you know, whatever, five generations ago, somebody left from here and they went to Argentina. So out of the blue, my father gets in the theater an envelope with, I mean, we're talking, this is 19, maybe 90. So we're talking, you know, no, no email, no nothing. I mean, so, so my father gets this envelope for from Italy with all the photocopies of whatever, the certificates of uh, birth and so on and so forth. And it turns out we were related. So uh, we, I mean, and we have a huge family in Argentina. I don't, I don't even know how many cousins I have. And <laughs> so we gradually, we went, we started going to visit them and eventually they came to visit us in Argentina. And I mean, we're still in touch. Wow, wow. what an amazing yeah. coming That's such wow. a cool story. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Do you know who was uh, before your dad, another generation before, was there a musician or it started with your dad? It started with my dad. I mean, my grandfather was very, I mean, he was an engineer, but uh, he was a piano player as a kind of as a hobby. But, yeah. you know, in terms of professional musicians, my father was the first one. I see. Well, I'm guessing you like your grandfather's generation also like my grandfather's generation was like you said learning an instrument learning to play an instrument was part of like the education it was the same in turkey and i think maybe that's why also he was an engineer but he played the piano like that was so much more typical in the past that everybody played something absolutely i I think it's related i mean to just the interest of generations but also um, the fact that you, I mean, it wasn't that easy nowadays. Anybody can play music at home, but back in the day, you know, when our grandparents were, you know, whatever, 20 years old, it wasn't that simple. You know, it was, uh, and a lot of the entertainment, I mean, and if you take it 20 years before, was, you know, whatever music you could play, and that was it. Yeah, was, exactly. You know, getting records was kind of a luxury, or you could get whatever, like two albums. And yeah, and I think uh, that's so also lot- why people played more because exactly. at the time that was the only entertainment, you know. Yeah, they, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. Absolutely. They shared music. They read books to one another. Um, like it wasn't. So what pulled TV you to the what pulled you to the double bass? Well, you know, I started, uh, you know, with with music very young. I started playing the piano and the violin, and then I was a regular teenager and quit everything. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this friend of mine convinced me to play, buy an electric bass and started playing electric bass. And I really liked the idea because even, you know, every time I listen to songs, I always kind of could relate to the low end. And, uh, and you know, that was the beginning. I was, I think, 17 years old. And then eventually I moved here to the U.S. in 1996 to study jazz. But my school, which was actually very good, but they were not very welcoming of the electric bass. They were more kind of a traditional jazz 
musicians and they wanted the acoustic bass. So I actually started experimenting with that and completely, you know, fell in love with the instrument. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that has been my main uh, instrument since. And were you trained classically with that? Like classical no. music? Or you were more jazz, right? I mean, pretty much uh, with the acoustic bass, of course, I had teachers, but I would say, uh, I'm, you know, mostly self-taught. I mean, compared to, with electric, okay. which with which I had kind of a, whatever, like a weekly, weekly lesson during, mm -hmm. you know, college. Um, with the acoustic bass, uh, I mean, especially at the beginning, I was like very kind of self-taught. And then, you know, my master's I did on the acoustic bass. And I, then I had one of the best teachers, uh, you know, uh, I had in my whole life, which was uh, Ron Carter. Wow. No way. Wow. Yeah. Holy yes shit. Yes way. That's wow. amazing. <laughs> Jeez. I was just going to ask you, like, because you said you come from a jazz background, like, who's your uh, who's your jazz bassist that you really look up to? But Ron Carter, man. Wow. I got to see Dave Holland play a solo show back in 97 or 8 before I even knew what jazz was. But um, Oh, wow. That's a yeah, because my brother was living overture. here in New York. My brother was living here. He was a ba my brother was a bass player, and he moved here to study with Dave Holland when he was when he was like seventeen. And um, oh wow! But he only got to meet Dave once, and actually, he he ended up studying with Milt Hinton actually. Um, oh man! And was but he was a bike messenger because he had to pay his rent. So mm -hmm. I came for a couple months that summer, and the first thing he did was I guess the day I arrived, he was like, "Oh, we're going to see Dave Holland," and I was like. I don't want to go. Like, I don't care about jazz. I was a, I was a teenager, and all I cared about was Nirvana and like smoking weed. So <laughs> we go to the and I had I had thirty bucks. That's it. And the the concert cost thirty bucks. And so like all my New York City money went to this concert. But it's always I always look back because now at growing up, you know, getting older and listening to Dave over the years, I was like yeah, I could actually like brag about that I got to see him live play a solo show. <laughs> Even though I, yeah, at the right. time, I could have cared less. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. Beautiful. Wow. So I was going to play, we're going to play something. This is a new album, right? Uh, fairly. It's my, exactly, 2018 is my latest album. Latest and, album, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, um, and it's you Vigor get, is there a little... Tanguero. Why Vigor Tanguero. Wait, Chico, Why I thought you wanted um... that. No, no, that's the name of the album. So I wanted to ask, like, uh, where does the name, what, what inspired uh, I the see, I see, sorry. Uh, that I felt that many tunes were kind of very vigorous, that they, mm -hmm. they had kind of this uh, kind of very, it was not a kind of an, uh, I don't know, elegant, bizarrely kind of thing. It was something like very, you know, uh, impulsive, very kind of straightforward and forceful. So I, I like that name. And it was kind of something that I could be true to my own language and it still would be understood in many others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was very like, I'm like, that definitely means vigorous. But, yeah. um, <laughs> and so was I going to ask? I lost my train of thought. All of it is your compositions, correct? That is true. Yes, I I thought about it for a minute, and then I decided to you know just uh, go for it and do an all original music album. And uh, you know, I think uh, all as much as I do enjoy arranging, uh, you know, other compositions that I really like, I, I feel as an artist is somewhat of a stronger uh, stronger statement. You know, to to bring yeah. your own music. 
Absolutely. And you won a Grammy Award with it. So how did that feel? Yeah, yeah wow. That's just <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, it was, you know, truly uh, in the full sense of the world, breathtaking. It was one of those moments, you know, I never get nervous when I'm performing ever. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm always, you know, like, and that time I could, you know, barely keep my heart inside my, you know, my suit. Uh, it was really, really nerve wracking. And uh, well, it happened. It happened. So how and it was is the amazing. process of that? Do you submit your CD or someone recommends your CD, like, or your music? Like, how is that? No, well, you have to be uh, either some, you know, somebody involved with the album needs to be uh, a member of the academy, and okay. in order to be a member, you have to have you know certain uh, certain credentials. And yeah. once you uh, are accepted, then you can propose things. It goes through a first uh, round of uh, voting. Mm -hmm. And then from those first rounds, only five are left for each category. Wow. I should mention that, you know, in the initial, you know, of course, there is, a, there is kind of a jury uh, that categorizes all the different kinds of music and puts, you know, whatever. You can actually, your, the same album can qualify for different things. And, um, yeah, for example, my album uh, got, you know, of course, nominated for tango, but it also got uh, in the classical composition in the Grammys. So it gets kind of uh, categorized. And then people vote on it. And then eventually, you know, five, uh, quote, unquote, winners um, are selected. And from that, then there's a second round of voting. And, you know, and you get selected and you are either a nominee or uh, a winner. And then when you play... So after you got the award was when you felt so nervous to play, I'm guessing, right? No, actually, yeah, exactly. I just felt nervous. I didn't have to play. Just, you know, I had to go on stage and speak. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> amazing. What an accomplishment. Yeah. Like, really, congratulations. It's yeah. so, Thank you. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Uh, Adam, you're well, going to play? Yes, you uh, you had uh, sent me the, the songs that you would like, Chico. So we're going to play a song called Entre Bambalinas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're going to check gonna... this out, and then we will pick up that fork and come back <laughs> <laughs> and discuss more with uh, Pedro. Here we go. Thank you. 
I can't do wow. the clapping with uh, Okay, I want to clap, but I was like, so worried. Because I'm playing from my phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to, I was so like afraid I'm going to interrupt <laughs> when I didn't hear your clap. <clears throat> Amazing. There we go. Because <laughs> I have to play from my phone, so my phone is occupied. I uh, was telling Pedro earlier today, I love that song because I love that it starts so heavy with the bass and I love the sound of the bass always. I love hearing it solo within the song or throughout. So it was just like, I love that it has that. Where did you record? Yeah, uh, man, I forgot the name of the studio, but in the East uh, Village. Actually, most importantly, I recorded with the same engineer who is actually kind of a genius, a very young guy um, who already, I, the guy is, I think, 10 years younger than I, and he already worked with Sting. Uh, I mean, I don't know, uh -huh. so many people, pretty much everybody in the jazz world. Hmm. Um, and uh, actually, I just asked him where we could record, you know, with not a $2 million budget, and he got a very good deal on this studio, so I just, you know, went there and it was actually very good you know a small studio but the excellent piano uh you know everything worked out really really well it was an easy Gorgeous. session so what inspired that song and does that mean between backstages or something what does bambalinas mean? yeah bambalinas are the screens bambalinas. that are behind the you know the stage of those ones on the sides uh -huh. uh, and usually when we say something happens entre bambalinas uh, it means something happens kind of uh, backstage or behind closed doors I and mean, it can be yeah. used in a very broad term but uh, actually this uh, tune has kind of a, a, a very particular story which is that, uh, you know, when we had our uh, second daughter with my wife, she was already working, you know, full time. And uh, so with the younger one, actually, pretty much took her with me every single place that I went for the first, whatever, three years until she got into pre-K3. And uh, I was, you know, all the rehearsals, all the gigs, I mean, you name it, she was there with me. And there was this time that it was the, I think it was the last day she would do that and then she would start pre-K. And so I took her um, to a concert with a symphonic orchestra. And uh, we, I mean, you, as you can imagine, you know, for a three-year-old can be a little challenging. And <laughs> so I had her sit actually between, you know, between the screens right next to me, you know, the basses are usually in the symphonic orchestra on the far right. I mean, if you're looking at the stage. So I was standing there and, you know, whatever, three feet, but, you know, outside of the, the stage was my daughter sitting there. And, uh, you know, I was 
right in the moment of composing this tune, so I thought that was an appropriate title. Mm. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Love it. That could also be where she was made. <laughs> it could mean well, a lot of you, things. I see, yeah, exactly. I see you changed the story there. <laughs> Yours is definitely much, you know, <laughs> much more interesting. <laughs> yeah. So okay, well, no, sorry, Chico, go ahead. No, I'm just always so curious about, like, someone creating something like this. Yeah. Like, do you hear something in your head? Or you it has happened. Or a story? It has happened. Usually, I mean, there are moments that, you know, you're more inspired than others. There is no question about that. But, I mean, it... Most of the time, it's just you know it, it relates to you know sitting down and with the focus of composing. So mm-hmm. sometimes, uh, at least for me, you know, with my you know being a you know freelance musician in New York, which you spend ninety percent of your day uh, writing emails, uh, it's something that you have to kind of really focus. It's not you know that you're looking at the tree and then suddenly this melody comes up yeah. and you're never looking at the tree. You're <laughs> you're always either stuck in traffic or you know helping your kids with homework or, you know, like uh, rearranging, you know, personnel for a performance or printing parts. I mean, it's just like, um, so for me, uh, in my case, I have at times, for example, I know whatever, Tuesday morning I'm going to be free. So I'm just going to, I sit down with my guitar usually and a piece of, uh, you know, staff and a pencil. And then I start composing. And, you know, one day it flows incredibly well. And some others, it doesn't. (laughs) We had uh, Emiliano on the show a while back and he said, you know, we asked like, what's changed? Because I guess it was like three weeks into the quarantine and, how has it affected your day to day and da da da? And he's like, "Well, I basically sit at home all day and try to write music, so I basically nothing's changed." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. But that he was composing more because he was playing less. Like, oh, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. Increase, definitely. Yeah. So the next piece we're gonna play is called Chicharita. Or is it Chicharita? Chicharita, yes. No, it's uh, Chicharita, and it's uh, which means cicada, and it's my very humble homage to Osvaldo Pugliese. I'm sure all of you and all the listeners are familiar with the Pugliese style, uh, which is kind of, I mean, pretty much as deep as it gets. You know, like very profound. uh, Can you know, and it's on the darker side compared to other styles, and it seems that in spite the fact of this depth, uh, Osvaldo Pulis's voice was incredibly high-pitched, which earned him the nickname Chicharita, or Cicada. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I did not know while that. writing this, uh, yeah. And, uh, of course, I mean, the, the minute the piece starts, you're going to realize that it's not at all in Pugliese's style. But, you know, it was my homage, you know, to somebody that I admire, uh, yeah, deeply. So this is Chicharita. Chicharita.
manga. Wow, Indeed. It's in the manga. And uh, guys, I want to let you know, whoever is listening, that uh, Pedro just pasted the Dropbox for the whole album. So if anyone wants to download, that's the link you want to use. And you can post. Uh, can you throw up your Instagram as well, Pedro? Okay, here I'll. I'll uh, give I just posted one all those under the Facebook event, Adam. So I okay. can give you to paste later. So don't worry about it. So who uh, who's playing with you here, Pedro? So on the violin, uh, we have Mr. Nicolas Danielson. Okay. Uh, I mean, for the people who are in New York, I'm sure you're familiar with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the recording, we have uh, Emilio Teobal on the piano. Mm-hmm. And on the bandoneon, Mr. Rodolfo Sanetti. Ah, okay. Nice. I kind of had a feeling that was him. When you <laughs> were playing at Barbés, um, was this the same group that you played with there? Yes. I mean, in Barbés, we have a you know, monthly, or we used to have, I mean, to be more precise, a monthly um, residence for the last, I think, two years. So most of the time, you know, I have the my original, quote-unquote, original guys, but at times, you know, uh, I don't know, Rodolfo might have something, uh, whatever, tour, or Nick has, you know, a performance with the ballet that he cannot send us up. So at this point, I have kind of a fairly large family of uh, kind of an extended family of musicians who know the book very well and that I can call, you know, and they can come and play the music, uh, you know, effortlessly and, um, you know, keep the music going. I lived on 7th Avenue and 9th Street for maybe the six years, and now I'm over on 16th and 8th. So I've, I'm very familiar with Barbés. I love that. Ah, place. cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, me too, man. Is, I used to go on Sundays you... religiously and listen to Stefan Rimbel play. Cause, oh, uh, man. Yeah. Is that the place with a really small room? Um, yep, yep. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love that place too. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Actually, that was our very, very last performance. The owner, who is very cool, this French guy, uh, he was like, Pedro, do as you wish. This was actually March 14th. If you want to go and play, go. And if you don't want to play, I completely understand. Mm -hmm. And then towards, uh, as the date was getting close, he was like, man, I'm not really sure we should do this. But then at that point, you know, the whole band was came to play. So we went there and played our very last gig before the lockdown, which was, uh, yeah, that was Saturday, March 14th. Yeah. Wow. Was, uh, yeah. One of those so you things. played in so many different settings. You played in Carnegie Hall, Lincoln Center, and then like places like Barbès and New Blue and stuff. I think, like, what it's so different, like yes. in terms of setting. Do you have a preference or like? Was there a dream place that you really wanted to play at, and like you played at that place already? No, actually, for me, it has never been about the the place. It's funny because uh, at one point I was kind of, uh, quote unquote, like uh, auditioning managers and uh, on the other way around, too, of course. I mean, we would, would meet the manager, would see if I was good. And the uh, I got that question. And, um, you know, if there is a place that I always wanted to play. And actually, for me, that's, I wouldn't say the least important, but it's actually... I don't care about that much. I care about playing. I care about playing in a band 
uh, that feels in, you know incredible at the musical level and also at the personal level. So that's why I mean, if you see our calendar, I mean our pre-coronavirus calendar, I mean we play a lot, and if you see the ranges of venues that we play, it's also super large. I mean sometimes we play you know Barbes, which is this tiny room in Brooklyn that I love, has like amazing acoustics. Sometimes we play the Blue Note. Sometimes we play you know we were actually uh, supposed to play with the Colorado Symphony Orchestra in this you know 2,000 seat theater we play outdoor festivals at lincoln center or you know it's we do really wide variety of uh, you know of venues and for me the only important thing is if i get and through me i mean hopefully the audience also gets you know goosebumps so i mean that, uh -huh. that that's my goal you know the it's the goosebumps not you know the whether <laughs> if it's carnegie hall or not yeah yeah having the right audience and uh, nice nice teamwork Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever had a terrible audience? Like you couldn't penetrate? Terrible audience. Well, you know, it's, it's a tricky thing because it's when you have a terrible audience, most of the time it's because the, it's the kind of the, the situation is not correct. It's not the audience. I mean, at times I've been uh, called to play uh, in a situation where it's just like noisy because people are not there for the music. Mm -hmm. And maybe 15 years ago, I would have gotten pissed. And now I say, look, you know, these people got called and, you know, not for a concert. I mean, they came here to hang and suddenly there is, you know, a band playing and maybe they would just want to chat with their friends. They don't want to be like mute and, you know, just listening to music. Maybe they just want to hang. So, uh, yeah, there have been times that I wish, you know, some people would have, you know, uh, not spoken or spoken, you know, softer. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, sometimes it's not so much they as it is the, the circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we I had gonna... that too. <laughs> Stango dancers. <laughs> We've been in that situation. What were you going to say, Adam? Uh, nothing, just a stupid joke. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, your so we're going to play jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say what, what constitutes a bad audience is everybody coming with only one hand. <laughs> See, I told you. I that's a really it. dumb joke. That's a really dumb joke. <laughs> it actually sometimes these sort of like I mean Chico, you know, and then Sharon, of course. Like sometimes these jokes pop into my head immediately, and usually they fly out of my mouth before I can stop them. But this time I I couldn't say anything because you were talking. So then after the fact, I was like, "No, nah, there's no point." Like you actually had a scanning process. I know. I was like, that's really dumb. <laughs> but I made you say it regardless. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. we're going to let you go soon, but I'm going to play one more song before Michelle calls in. And, and maybe Michelle will call in and you guys can chat together too. But um, this Yeah, is that would be awesome. This is a piece that I'm assuming is dedicated to the person who is titled after, uh, Octavio Brunetti. And, uh, yes. Yeah, that's actually the very, very first tango that I wrote. And it was uh, dedicated to this very, very wonderful, uh, you know, human being and, uh, you know, really extraordinary pianist. Um, uh, you know, I don't know, one of my very dearest friends, Octavio Brunetti, who, for the people familiar with him, he passed away in 2014. And, uh, you know, actually that's part of the reason why I have a tango ensemble because, uh, you know, after we were supposed to play with his band at Lincoln Center in 2015 and uh, when he passed away, Lincoln Center asked me to kind of do a tribute for him 
And that's when I started my own ensemble. And, you know, I didn't want to let that opportunity pass without, you know, writing a, a piece for him. Uh, but, you know, we toured so much with him together. He was one of my closest friends. And, uh, you know, so I wrote this uh, piece, which actually is all based on a very simple uh, melody, which is this one. Which was our little motif. Uh, we were both avid beer drinkers. And uh, <laughs> so we would sometimes, you know, do, even when we were playing in like smaller clubs, we would just whistle while we were on stage or definitely during rehearsals. And that was kind of our cue that after the rehearsal or performance, we would have a huge beer. And uh, so, I, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I kind of remembered that and kind of composed this tune with that uh, little yeah, melodic idea. I love wow, it. I love hearing Octavio Brunetti's stories from all of the musicians in New York has at one point worked with them and encounters. Machiko was with us uh, last week or two weeks last ago, week. and she was talking about like he was the reason she got to play tango. And, and now we're hearing your story. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, I mean, to the audience out there, the Please Google him. There are a few uh, YouTube videos of him playing, and it's uh, really masterful. I mean, the guy is just like so, had such a special aura about him. True. So here we are with Octavio Brunetti. Thank you. 
When when I heard that violin, I thought of Machiko. So it was interesting that you wrote that you wrote that part for her. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a process to unmute yourself, right? Yeah. I yeah, like, I couldn't well, find unmute, the unmute. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't find the the phone button. There we go. But it eventually succeeded. Cool. Well. So Michelle yeah. is here with us now, and as is Marcelo. Hello. Hey guys. Hello. 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 The music is so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. Cool. Qué grande, Pedro. Gracias, gracias, gracias. <laughs> I have a question. Go for it. Mm -hmm. Are you looking for my permission? <laughs> yes, no, yeah, for permission. Pedro, mm -hmm. because how, as a composer, as a tango composer, how, what is the link that you have you, you, uh, you have when you compose tango, living in New York and in Buenos Aires? What, is, what kind of inspiration do you take from these two cities? Actually, uh, you know, I'm from Cordoba. I'm not from Buenos Aires. So for me, uh, my experience with tango has been mainly through uh, musicians. You know, I've had uh, the luck to work with a lot of uh, truly outstanding, uh, you know, tango musicians, uh, you know, uh, La Vazen, the guy who arranged, you know, Gazo Ciego for Pugliese, um, uh, who else? The, the pianist for um, Troilo and Pepe, oh, man, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, you know, I did the show Forever Tango many times, which actually very often hires, you know, this Argentinian titans of tango. I've played for over 13 years with Pablo Ziegler, the pianist of uh, Astor Piazzolla. I've played, you know, for the last 20 years with uh, Hector del Curto, who played with, uh, you know, Pugliese. Um, so it has been through other musicians that it kind of, and they have been my connection with uh, kind of the the 
the quote-unquote kind of original tango. And from there, you know, as a composer, I've mixed it with all the things that I, uh, you know, listen to on a daily basis and all the kinds of music that I play. I mean, if you listen especially to my uh, newer compositions, I mean, they certainly have tango elements, but they have, uh, you know, elements from a lot of different kinds of music. And, uh, you know, even some things you're going to hear that have uh, kind of a Caribbean music because, you know, uh, I play a lot of uh, Cuban music too. So there is kind of a root in tango. Uh, and then after that, you know, I also let it be, uh, you know, quote unquote tainted with uh, or, you know, just influenced by a lot of other, you know, wonderful kinds of music. And you also oh, dance, is. right? You also dance tango so you have that experience yeah. too and that actually and that happened uh, very funnily enough uh, while teaching you know because i did not dance tango and i'm sure most of you are familiar with the wonderful dancer mariela franganillo yeah and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, Yeah, and I used to teach uh, a class with her of musicality. So I would take care of uh, the, the music side and she would do the steps and we would teach uh, kind of with the choreography so the students would really focus on the music and, you know, really try to uh, see why the steps made sense with what was happening musically. And then at some point, you know, I don't know, some leaders started to not show up and then I started to, you know, with zero knowledge of anything but I kind of knew the steps more or less started to dance and I fell in love with it mm -hmm. and then you know I, I never took it like incredibly serious but you know I can you know so, so social dance and it's uh, it changed the way that I play the bass you know unquestionably you know it's uh, something that you know my pace as a player changed a lot after you know dancing tango It's, uh, I don't know, it's significantly easier to play one note than it is to actually move your foot. I mean, it takes kind of a completely different uh, pace and just, you know, a, a different weight. So it's, um, yeah, and it's, you know, dancing tango is something that I truly love. It's one, one of my favorite parts of the evening when I'm playing and that, you know, in a milonga. Well, I love, like, when I DJ your milonga in Tribeca, mm -hmm. it's one of the most memorable moments for me is during that milonga after every set how excited you were to be able to do nice. like when i was djing because then i would put on the music and you would run over what's coming you couldn't wait to dance oh yeah, yeah. Between that's your me sets. right there <laughs> <laughs> that's me right there yeah, yeah. and that happens in your i'm sure you were playing super wonderful music which made it even more Uh, interesting, but you know, I, it's uh, you know, dancing tango is something that I truly love, and I'm sure I share th that love with you all. <laughs> yes, you're yeah, very lovely to dance so with you. Ah, mm. ah, <laughs> I missed that. I whoa, that was a uh, whoa. <laughs> Hi, Michelle. Hey, I feel like How I have is... a little delay going on here. Yeah, I couldn't hear what you said. Sorry, that's why I couldn't react. <laughs> okay. It didn't reach me yet. <laughs> it didn't reach me yet. <laughs> I actually haven't. I still uh, didn't he hear it either. I said you're so <laughs> lovely to dance with too. Oh my God! I'm going to blush. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Michelle. What an honor coming from you. Thank oh, you, please. Thank you. Thank you. I, I have mm -hmm. to say, like, I'm such a big fan of your music, and one of the, the most amazing things that ever happened to me as a dancer was being able to, like, disappear into your music. 
Yeah, actually, for the people who don't know, you know, Michelle and I have collaborated a few times. Uh, we did this thing in, uh, where was it? Uh, Connecticut. It was outdoors. We had a you know, huge stage and we did that and then yeah, a few other things. But yeah, we have played and performed together. And it's always yeah. a pleasure, cool. Michelle. That's yeah. great. That's Guys, I am at risk of getting a divorce, so I am uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, to, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm going to we say goodbye. We kept you so long with all our questions. Thank you so much. No, for no my pleasure. Us. And uh, yeah, thank for you, all Pedro. the people out there, thank you so much for listening and stay in touch. All the best. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. Thank, thank you, you so Pedro. Much for thank us. you, Pedro. Bye. 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 Michelle, my dear. What's up? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? How are where are you staying now? What part of the town are you in? Who me? Yeah. Uh I'm in Astoria, Dittmar is the last stop on the N train. Ah, okay. Oh. I like this oh. format, you guys. I'm kind of like totally freaked out by uh the technology and you know, losing the tangible part of the dance and then immediately having to like adapt to this stuff. And I really like this. It's kind of nostalgic, like the radio show sort of vibe. Yes. That's how, exactly yeah. how I feel. Yeah, I yeah, like the, it. The Zoom thing is, is okay, and, and it's very useful in a lot of ways, but it's, this is a nice alternative to that. Uh, yeah, this feels more restorative to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, it's a really it's a pit, nice way. Sorry. It's a, pity, it's, a pit, it's a pity the host. That's all. The rest was nice. <laughs> Adam, yes. drop him off the line right away. I'm sorry. <laughs> You should totally do it. <laughs> have him, have him I, recall. I do it all the time. He just calls back so fast. He's got a speed it's, dial. It's true. It's true. I have the he memory has, the, in my phone. He, he really does call every week, and so many times we actually hung up on him because we. Oh no! There is this background noise, and we're always like. Adam and I are texting each other in the background during the show mm-hmm. to like give each other cues and stuff like that. And we're like, I think that noise is coming from Marcel. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. So he thinks we're discriminating against him. Except the not funny true. thing is that's usually not coming from him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> First couple times it was. He was got working so much... out the first time he called. Don't you He's remember? He's got so much high-tech gear now, though. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. I love the, the gadget, got microphones of coming out of the wazoo. <laughs> <laughs> so he's adapted well, I guess. Yeah. But he's yeah. always Correct. loved gadgets. Unlike me, I'm sitting here knitting by candlelight. <laughs> You've gone it. into like prehistoric <laughs> times. We're all totally. Like I'm going the opposite direction. <laughs> and you don't actually... use electricity anymore. <laughs> he she oh, has man. the old school gramophone. Like she's actually winding it down as we. But it's oh, a radio format. It. Were you knitting oh. before all this, or is this a new thing? Well, strangely, I started knitting in the seventh grade in Hawaii, and my grandmother used to think I was out of my mind. Hmm. <laughs> Why? She's like, what? What are you knitting a wool sweater for? And, oh, you know. I see. Well, because Chica, she's twelve and that. she lives in Hawaii. I mean, most of those kids are at the beach well, or something. I didn't even like, yeah, put that together because my grandmother was the one who taught me how to knit 
Dantel. Dantel. Dantel, yeah, exactly. That's more crochet, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. But I did both. Yeah. Yeah, the craft, that that kind of um, needlework and stuff in Turkey is so beautiful. Oh, my God. You should see, she's done a crochet blanket for me. And it's weighs like a ton. My mom is storing it for me. She's like, I want you to take this, but I don't know how you're going to carry it. Yeah, so I have the same thing. Um, I guess when I get stressed, the knitting for some reason really helps me. So that's why I'm knitting now. And there was a time that I was working in Texas, and it was probably the worst job I've ever had as a dancer. And by the end of it, I had knitted a blanket in sections that was so big that on a queen bed, it was like sitting on top of the floor in every direction. <laughs> and I had extra pieces. So I gave all the extra pieces to all the other cast members. It was 12 members. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And they, they could wrap those things around their necks like 20 times. Yeah. Wow. So, so that's what I, am, I do. I am actually looking at Google where to buy needles and, and wood because they, it looks like I need that. Now, I always have to do that. I, it works for me. I, I was about to like really lose all reason to continue existing, and then I started knitting again, and I felt okay. Well, that's good. It's a very meditative. I'm glad it's worked yeah. for you. Okay. Yes, we need you. We need you here. We totally Aww. need you. <laughs> and we have a welcome song for you. Yes, because you're joining us for our segment called Five Questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Five questions. Five questions. Five questions. That's uh, Bat Johnson and the artist MC Hammer. Coming at you. <laughs> yeah, I, I can distinctly hear that. That's amazing. Um, so beware, though. Five questions stands to <laughs> sometimes, you know, be more. As long as there's no math involved, I'm I'm fine. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> so, um, for our guests, our listeners, we are here with Michelle Lamb who is, among other things, uh, an amazing tango dancer and dancer of all genres for many years. And she runs a milonga here with Tina on Sundays called El Destino. And I'm sure there's many, many more things I could introduce you as, but um, now you are a knitter by candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful human being too. Yes. Michelle is so kind. So sweet. So Chico, do you want to ask our first she, question? She always tries to get me drunk at El Destino. She actually <laughs> buys me beer. <laughs> so sweet. She runs over when I walk in. Adam, you want a beer? <laughs> I know she always asks me too. It's awesome. <laughs> you so want if me you to don't ask have a question, Chico, question? I can start. I have it, you. but you can start too. You like starting. Okay. I got I got a, a, an interesting question. Michelle. Yes. Have you ever worked in Texas? And if so, what was the worst job you ever had? <laughs> Funny you should ask that, actually. <laughs> I did work in Texas. And it was the most incredible, like it was 
It was incredible. Have you seen that movie, um, Waiting for Guffman? Yes. Yes. It's a total satire, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was Great. looking for a choreographer who was the assistant choreographer to that movie, and she thought it was a work of art, literally. Hmm. And it wasn't? And, and no, the show we were doing was... It was uh, it was like a pride show about San Antonio, Texas. And at some point, me and the dance captain were in full body purple unitards face covering underneath a stage door that was freshly uh, constructed. So there was sawdust everywhere. And I think oh there might have been locusts. Like there was like oh just God. these incredible bugs. So we're like crawling up this tanky oh little ladder God. through this trap door inhaling uh you know sawdust and we can't see because our faces are totally covered and then there's bugs attacking us and how long was this show how long was the show yeah I, I think it wasn't that long it was only like a, a maybe between an hour and a half it was like you know the alamo and san antonio through time kind of you know, one and, of those but was shows. it like for a couple nights? Oh couple no, nights, it was supposed like... to run like indefinitely. We had, I think most of us had like like multiple month contracts. I think a six month oh, wow. contract, and then I got out after four months. Everyone else was really pissed at me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you stuck with it for four months. That's pretty amazing. Well. I think I, I I think I never made it to the actual show though. I left before they actually started performing. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah, it didn't break my heart though. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a bit about your dance background. Like what age you started with and what kind of dance did you start with? Uh, well, I started, um, my mom and I were living in San Francisco and so she took me to San Francisco School of Ballet when I was six. I started when I was six. And then when we moved back to Hawaii, um, I did some hula. I went back to ballet. And, and then I moved to New York when I was a teenager. And it's been really eclectic. Mm -hmm. yeah, Culminating in my obsession with this dance. <laughs> and I'm curious. And most of the time, I'm not that curious about how people got into tango. But I am for you in your case. So what is your... What, what, how did you get started? my origin story? Um, yeah. I was, I, so it was after 9-11 and I had moved to New Orleans um, because it was a good time to get out of the city. I couldn't get any work. Hmm. So I got hired by this show in New Orleans and it was like a Vegas style uh, female review. And um, we, we rehearsed and performed like, I don't know, under a year, I think. And then I was a little bit burnt out. So I was taking a break and I was bartending. And then one day I was walking by this bar with a friend of mine and there was another bass player actually. Um, John is his first name and I can't place his last name. But um, he was playing with his live, you know, I think it was a trio also, uh, tango music. And so my friend, like immediately there were people dancing. He grabbed my stuff out of my arms and shoved me in the room. And then this guy who was, he was a terrible enough dancer that I could actually follow him, came up and asked me to dance. And, you know, I just kind of marched around the room and did my own thing. And then I got curious and that's how I started. 
Wow. And when you're doing a show like this in New Orleans before Tango, but you mentioned that you were doing a show, how rigorous is it? Are you are you training every day? Are you dancing every day? Yeah, this had um, we had like um, some bungee like there's a bungee cage that we had to dance through. Um, we had like hanging straps. What we had all that? this different rigging. Hmm. Oh, like you know the bungee cords are like the stretchy cords. Yeah. And. So they made a cage out of the stretchy cords. And so I understudied oh, wow. this piece where you would weave through and like sometimes you would fly out over the proscenium. It was a little tiny um, stage. And and then we have other things that were like handles and, you know, we'd flip over and split through them. And we have a, like a little moving um, walkway. Very so it was a lot of rehearsal. Wow. <laughs> it was a lot of rehearsal and we were almost completely naked. So... Uh, it, was, it was it was good. I want to see this. I want, is there any videos? I, I wasn't sure Marcelo was still on the line. <laughs> you just you woke up. You just woke up. Um, there's no film footage, but but the the awesome part about this show was when it was running, we all we we all were like um, heavily uh, makeuped and dressed exactly the same. It was like a like old style troupe, like. Yeah. Um, very European. But for some reason, they picked me out for like these billboard ads. So at that time, I was like on the highway, I was on trolley cars, I think I might have been on a bus. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so I, 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 I'm so sad I never got a picture or anything. Oh, no. Well, it's before yeah. we had phones in our pockets, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. it was back yeah. in the dinosaur ages. When we used to nip by candlelight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got we have splinters. the phone. <laughs> and that phone that you need to put the finger and do the dial. Remember that? That was the time. <laughs> what are you, like 100 years old? Just kidding. <laughs> it's a dinosaur. I love, I love the story that you started the dancing tango in, in, in there. I forgot the city. New Orleans. And then, it's beautiful. Okay, New Orleans. So, yeah. Awesome. So I started, Beautiful. but you guys, you guys will appreciate this. So my first two lessons were one was with Susanna Miller, and then oh, the other one really? was with Mario Consiglieri. Wait, who's <laughs> the second? Susanna was... Miller, Mario Consiglieri. Ah, wow! Oh, wow. Be any... What a difference! <laughs> they, that's like a match made in heaven, right there. <laughs> yeah, it was like full spectrum. I was like, oh. <laughs> Well, that's what we it was like. Have had, we've had the same um, same remember, sort of spectrum, Adam. When we yeah, started. you remember, like in the early days, you'd go to one class, and the teachers are like, like Robin would have like Susanna Miller and Brigitta and things, and everything's very yeah. close embraced. And then you go to yeah, yeah. Uh, Caleb and Ting, and there's like Muti, uh, Moti, whatever, and Mario, and like, and I'm just like, what the fuck is? Can you all just get <laughs> your shit together yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 like. <laughs> Some but were like full on embrace. Some were like, we don't want to feel your embrace. Mm -hmm. Like you touch each other, but we don't want to like so. Too much. Not enough. Too much. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad I it's gotten more. a little. I feel like it's gotten a little bit more consistent across the. It's painfully consistent. I feel like. Oh <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I the pedagogy's that. gotten pretty universal. Mm -hmm. Right. At the same time, I'm thinking if my, with myself going from Susanna Miller and then going to Mario. Mario, Wow. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. 
they were both great though i really i understand yeah they're both great great masters great dancers and you couldn't be more different that's not possible right and on top of it like the show that you're working on is a completely different world totally like (laughs) did you enjoy doing that show it sounds uh it was again like i don't know i think i've had all of the worst jobs on earth if you ask anybody who knows me in my past dancing, they'll be like, yeah, she has the worst job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, it was, it was one of my, like a lot of the pieces were actually really awesome pieces. And I really liked the choreography, but the people that we were working for were like pretty evil. Assholes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, oh, yeah. she was so kind. She was so kind of evil and (laughs) I translated. (laughs) Exactly. Excuse my Turkish. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you very much. What? I'm probably not saying it right. Say it slower. Thank you very much. Teperim get a catch. Perfect. Ah, okay, good. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) I will not translate that. (laughs) I was expecting some translation. (laughs) You'll have to go back and listen to the show and translate it on your own. (laughs) I wish I could help you, my friend, but I have no idea either. So Michelle, besides, well, you're you're you've already been knitting, but have you been one of the things I was curious about for this week since it's our tenth week in quarantine, more or less? I'm curious if you're learning anything else, anything new with your time. Huh. Wow, like besides operating uh, Zoom and things like that. That could be one of them. I didn't even know what the <laughs> heck that was until you know I had yeah. no choice. Yeah. 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 So there's still a lot of trying to adapt to technology technology and I'm doing that really badly so far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I'm trying to, uh, take a iPhone photography course to, you know, it seems like something that I'd be slightly interested in that could possibly come in handy. Like, yeah. I, you know, is that through Coursera? Like, okay. I don't even know what it is. I think it's called uh, iPhone Photography School okay. or something like that. <laughs> it's, it's called what it is. Yeah, I love it's, that. It's with iPhone. We know that it's with iPhone. That is good enough. Well, no, yeah, because exactly. I, I do like I am. I subscribe to MasterClass, and I also have done Coursera before, and and they Coursera has like interesting photography classes like that. That's why I was. Mm, yeah, I think they're everywhere now. Yeah. Um, but basically, I'm not. I'm not doing new things. I'm kind of just doing more of the things that I used to do. Hmm. Well, now that you have more time for it, yeah. Yeah. Are you, exploring, uh, are you exploring? Are you exploring your neighborhood more? Uh no, because I was listening to you guys talking about how uh, it's like Cleveland now because people are nice and there's space. Yeah. A, a story is a bunch of honey badgers. <laughs> It's like it's like a street fair outside on every sunny day. Really? Yeah, and there's and there's a lot of angry people too. Like 
this woman without her mask cursed me out for not wearing my mask. I was just walking around by myself. (laughs) That's what I'm afraid of these days, that someone's going to attack me when I'm not wearing a mask or something. I have this fear. Yeah, she didn't have a mask. Well, that's really (laughs) fucked up. I've heard stories of uh, getting things like this happening, picking up a little bit. Yeah. That's that's fucked up. So we have a question. I have a question. Rosanna has a question. I have a What's a honey a badger? What's a honey badger? For real? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this this was a popular uh, YouTube video, I think. And it was this... Uh, well, I'm not going to say. Um, so honey badgers don't <laughs> care, right? Honey badgers don't give a fuck. Remember that? Mm-mm. No? Uh, no? No. Okay. So it's a scenario. <laughs> Marcella confirmed for us too. No, no, no. It's a scenario where, okay, for example, this honey badger is attacking a rattlesnake, and it gets uh, it gets bitten by the rattlesnake. So it's like it falls down and freezes at rigor mortis style um, because of the poison of the rattlesnake. And then a few seconds later, it just kind of like shakes it off and goes back out looking for food again. So that's the whole like. Honey badger don't care. So <laughs> that's what these historians are like. They're like, I see. The Kalahari Desert is home to the great predators of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Discovery Channel is here. <laughs> Discovery Channel has arrived. Yes. Uh, honey badgers will definitely be there. I just I just pulled it up on YouTube. The title is Honey Badger Don't Give a Fuck. Sharon it's just hysterical. Sent a link. It's a struggle. You'll love it. Thank you, Sharon. <laughs> Thank you. So, hey, that's great because now we're all learning new things. See that? Exactly. <laughs> See? There we go. Thank you, Michelle. Yes, that was uh, so apropos. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question from Rosanna for you. Who are your heroes in real life and in tango? As if tango's not real life. Yeah, Rosanna. Come on, Rosanna. What are you saying? Yeah. Oh, this is one of those hard questions. What about your fairy tale heroes? (laughs) Heroes in tango and or real life. Heroes. Yeah, man, it's a tough one. Good luck on that That's a hard question. (laughs) Can we go back to that one? (laughs) We can totally go back to that one and I ask you an easy one in the meantime. (laughs) That's hard. Uh, So what feeds you? Well, we already know honey badgers are a hero. I'll... <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of you guys. You guys can be uh, tango heroes. Oh, but I'm not Marcella, right? <laughs> I think I have a different category for Marcella. I am the billion. <laughs> yeah, he's, the he's, he's the god of tango. The way he talks in this show makes me feel like he as- descends from above and like. <laughs> Correct. He's very confident about his material. <laughs> Adam, you want me to ask an easy question on, while she's thinking about Rosanna's, or you want to ask? Him? No, go ahead. Yeah, sure. What feeds your soul in tango? I thought you said an what? easy question. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, what you, I thought you were going to say, like, what did you eat for dinner? You guys are breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, it feeds my soul. Um, that one I can answer that one. But it's easier. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to think about a hero question. But this is easier. Half of my brain is being wasted on that other question while I answer this question. (laughs) 
um, <laughs> feeds my soul. It's, you know, it's the obvious stuff, the camaraderie, you know, like, especially like, you know, everyone has a different relationship to tango and mine for certain has a lot to do with um, laughing and like just being happy and silly. And of course, like the physical aspect of it, I just, I miss the feeling of, of moving around with another body. That was really magical to me. Mm -hmm. And media lunas, no? Media lunas. <laughs> yes, media lunas also are magical and special. That feeds her stomach <laughs> and her soul. Yes, and, and, uh, and there's also the half turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that media luna. Uh, yes. So many media luna. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> that came a little late to you, Marcelo. I was trying to unmute myself. <laughs> I was trying to I was finding the button of unmute myself. Naked girls. Naked girls. Oh, that didn't work this time. <laughs> so do you want to go back to the hard question heroes heroes I don't know I'm kind of coming to a blank like I think like I I, I don't know maybe I I don't uh, I don't maybe I don't find my inspiration so much in that way could it be mm -hmm. or it I don't know be, I don't really yeah. no and it, it could, I think if that's how you're feeling, it, it is. Yeah, the word heroes is just kind of, it's not really bringing anything to mind at the moment. No, that's another way of being. I would say, like, we don't always have to have heroes to find ourselves, I'm just com right? I'm completely <laughs> narcissistic and self-interested, and I just don't pay attention. <laughs> I just find my own path because I'm brilliant. <laughs> I'm my own hero. <laughs> I'm my own anti-hero. Was there ever Indeed. someone that you looked up to in tango while you were growing as a tango dancer? Besides your teachers? Like, let me put, I don't know, divert your uh, question that way. Yeah, like, it's getting more embarrassing as we go on. <laughs> okay, let's skip this question. <laughs> No, no, no. These, this are is... deep, these are deep and troubled waters. <laughs> Adam, your question, please. Something easy, Hero. man. Something easy. What yeah. is it like to be amazing? Oh. <laughs> For wow. instance. like to be your own hero. <laughs> Marcelo, I think. You, let, how about let Marcelo answer that? <laughs> no, I, I, I'll, I'll ask you a silly. Uh, this one really is silly. I'll ask it. I'll ask a silly one. What okay. is the weirdest scar you have, and how did you get it? You love asking this, don't you? You're a scar Oh, fetish. I actually have a Adam. great answer for this one. And That's it, why, it, Chico, it, because people like to answer this goddamn question. It almost <laughs> connects back to Pedro too. Um, Ooh, okay. Right, okay. So, cool. uh, for the first time in my life, I had stopped dancing for a year. So I, I think I was still dancing tango, but I wasn't doing any other kind of a dance, and so I was a little bit out of shape. 
And I got a call from Diego Blanco and he asked me if I wanted to perhaps dance with his company. And I was like, of course, yes, totally. And then I hung up the phone and I realized that I was completely out of shape and that I'd have to get into shape really fast. So I immediately started uh, procrastinating by thinking, <laughs> okay, well, if I'm a, I guess I should take a ballet class. And then I was like, well, what, what level ballet class should I take? Should I take a beginner ballet class or like, like just stupid thoughts, right? And I was actually really having anxiety about it. And then I was talking to my other dancer friend on the Lower East Side, and she was telling me her story about how she did the same thing and procrastinated and was getting out the door and then a lamp fell on her and then she didn't make it to class. And <laughs> Weird. While she was saying that, I know it's, it's a little complicated, this story. While she was saying that, I fell into a hole on, set, on, on Second Avenue and gashed oh. open my knee. So like it was wide open and bloody and I was a little bit in shock. You know how you get when you're like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. No, don't worry about me, I'm fine. Because <laughs> blood was dripping down my leg. And, oh, and it was yeah. while she was telling me this story about how she sabotaged herself physically to keep herself from dancing for whatever reason. So finally, this ends with me going, well, now that I'm totally like messed up, I'll start with a beginning ballet class. And that's how I started. And I bled through like three knee, bra knee braces, but I started. And, and then I had this terrible scar. And so whenever I look at that scar, I think of, <laughs> Anna and Diego and Tango for all. <laughs> nice memory. That would be yeah. like, I would love if they ever had to like shoot a, a remembrance of their, of their project. And it started with like a shot of your knee and it like pans out. And then you tell this story and then it ends with, and that's how I think of Diego and Anna and Tango for all. And that's how I ended up dancing with Pedro, which again was like the crowning height of my dance experience. Oh, that's the show you guys were on. Sorry, I'm just putting it all together. I forgot. Yeah, well, I, I took that's... you. I kind of took you on a around the world trip to get no, some. That's that was great. That was so fun to watch you guys. I yeah. saw the performance at Judson Church. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you did, like, a little section of the show, right? When Diego and Anna, I think, ran a milonga there. Um, it was great. It was... That was an amazing night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had a blast so, that night. Rosanna has a new question. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? I'm scared. <laughs> What's Michelle's favorite color? Oh, she dumped it down for me. Do you see, guys? Learn, learn. There you have. That's more like it. That's what but I'm talking you need, about. You need to answer it. I am my own color. <laughs> I like non colors. <laughs> I'm just contrary. <laughs> No, I think she really. So we asked don't it. have an answer yet. No, well, we know, we know, we know the no green, now. Green, green. Oh. I really like green. <laughs> I figured, I figured you'd like green, Michelle. Such a typical answer it, from someone it, like you. It suits my my inner redhead. 
Niraj said 50 shades of non-color. Exactly, Niraj. <clears throat> Niraj. Yeah. I have another question. Hi. Yes. Yes, sir. Thank you. Michelle, because <laughs> Michelle is a... I love this taking permission thing that started happening. <laughs> this is, uh, That's because I, I kept hanging question. up on the motherfucker. Exactly. I'm scared that he was going to... He's going to be hung up again. <laughs> My lord. Unbelievable. Uh, Michelle is an amazing dancer. She traveled around the world. And I was wondering, what did you see the difference between the dancers in, in, in so many places that call your attention? Oh, they're so different. Like, there's as many different kinds of dancers as there are people. I'm, I'm sure you've seen that, right? Like, like uh, Kiwis uh, in New Zealand, especially I say it's not as different now, but like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you know, uh, someone from New Zealand is going to dance so different than someone from Argentina is going to dance so different than like the Scandinavians and the Asians. It's, it's just, it, it, it's a great cultural representation, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah the Kiwis. I want to know how the Kiwis dance. <laughs> <laughs> me, me too. They were, um, well, at the time, because again, I, I haven't been there in a little while. And the last time I was there, actually, it was, it was changing a lot. Um, you know how tango comes in and then interacts with, with the culture and then people all just become Argentine like <laughs> uh, uh, or I yeah. should just say like you know more huggy I'm and sorry and <laughs> I'm sorry I apologize <laughs> um, so they were super shy they were really reserved um, it was a big deal to get them into a close embrace um, and even when it was in the embrace it was like this kind of rigid embrace it wasn't like a, a touchy-feely embrace and and then there was a lot of like this complicated kind of etiquette you know to make things appropriate and that's just my that was my take on it and on a very young community in new zealand nice here in argentina we have a fruit called kiwi so i don't know why my head immediately saw a little kiwi dancing <laughs> <laughs> we have those here too yep. we have those here too I think that's where the name comes from. I think so too. I never why? thought about why though. Do they have a lot I, of kiwis I, in New Zealand? I have no I idea. Guessing so. Let me do that research now. <laughs> well, you guys. Sharon, we have Sharon there that she she, she can give us some, <laughs> some information. It's true. Ah, Eleanora says uh, kiwis are a bird. Ah. Oh. Uh, and Rebecca looks like is seconding that so and but and why do you that area i guess oh i see so they just call uh -huh. them kiwis yeah interesting wow mm. I, 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 Thanks, we're not named guys. after any birds here we should all be called <laughs> eagles <laughs> i guess you should be <laughs> not not the turkey. pigeons bald eagles pigeons. <laughs> i can be, I go with cardinals yeah, that's, that's kind I of like sexy. Cardinals. Cardinals. <clears throat> Actually, Cardinal like is the it. state bird of Ohio. And they're so pretty and blue jays. I love blue jays. That, mm -hmm. Was that Toronto? Blue jays. For baseball, yeah. Mm -hmm. How about uh, woodpecker? 
Is there any state with woodpeckers? It's a good cartoon. Yeah. Oh, hell, good one. Hell yeah. Watch it. This hell is really yeah. spiraling. This is spiraling out of control. I am um, totally out. No idea what we're talking about. <laughs> well, a lot of interesting things to Google when the show's over, everybody. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> and we expect a full report next Wednesday. Where the fuck is the woodpecker? What exactly. state does it represent? Why I'm gonna Why kiwi is a kiwi? <laughs> Why is the kiwi a kiwi? <laughs> well, Michelle, any exciting news this weekend? Anything happening? Are you venturing out? Oh, well, in fact, today is a very big day for me. Hmm. I ordered Whoa. a platform. I ordered a platform bed uh, six months ago in October. And it took a long time to get here. And then when it got here, it didn't have the hardware. Then uh, Wayf Wayfair is a terrible, terrible company. Don't use them. They just ignored all of my calls and everything. So finally, I contacted the, the factory. And right when I contacted the factory is when the pandemic shut down. So I finally, with the help of my roommate, was able to put my bed together and slept off the floor last night for the first time. Wow. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Process, <laughs> Holy it's shit. a very big day. Yeah. Jesus. It came without the hardware. That's the what the fuck. Evil people, yeah, as no you hardware. would say. Is it one of those beds that um, unfolds from a box? No, it doesn't unfold. It was it was two boxes of really really heavy wood pieces. Well, no, but the mattress that you used is it was it one of those like oh, rolled no, no. up mattresses? Oh. Well, I mean, I guess it was a little bit, but it wasn't like the ones that you're talking about. It was yeah. like a cross between that and a futon. Okay, because when Sharon got her bed a long time ago, I remember it. It was watch. It was fun to watch it. Like yeah, inflate, like it inflates slowly. Yeah, that's what the hours <laughs> like, did. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, it's mesmerizing. Yeah. And it's comfortable, too. <laughs> like this segment I... of the show. <laughs> Where Michelle was sleeping. That was a good question before. Why didn't you think about that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Why Why weren't you thinking about that? I asked where she lives. I was getting close. I was you're, warming you're up to it. In. You're honing in on it. <laughs> Alright. Homing in on it. Hi Neeraj. Hey Reg. Hey. hey. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I like that thing. Hi Michelle. Hi. <laughs> How's the cooking coming, buddy? Uh cooking's uh, coming on pretty good. Um I think a couple days ago I made uh, roti or uh, like the Indian bread. And mm -hmm. I think it's been like a decade since I made it last time. So it was it was an achievement for me, for sure. Nice. That's cool. We've been doing pizza lately. And we just got a pizza stone you did? yesterday. Oh. But it's like a cast iron one. Yeah, so we could use it on the grill. Cool. Oh, awesome. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. It's called I evolution. Not, <laughs> I'm, not ex I'm not like excited about eating out i mean except for the luxury of eating out but um lately like the quality of cooking at home is getting 
so much better than I know. You know, I know. even uh, like I bought a box, I bought a pack of cookies today, and just like I make much better cookies. There's no reason exactly. to buy this shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe, like... maybe we'll just bring our food to a place, pay entrance to like sit there and eat our own food. There you go. Yeah, I would much <laughs> rather. I like that. I would much rather picnic than go to a restaurant. It's so much more. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I I was never a big restaurant person anyway but now like that's just solidified so much like now my rule is like if i don't uh like if i'm gonna go eat outside it better be much better than what i make or at least something you can't make that's one way i like to look at it it's like if i can't I'm, i'm not gonna like if i go like one thing i'll buy sometimes although not during quarantine yet but it was like a lot bagel with locks because I don't want to have that much smoked salmon in my fridge. I don't really eat cream cheese often. Bagels get stale really quickly. So that to me is something I think makes sense to buy once in a yeah, while when you're out. Yeah. But valid, very valid. Thank you. Or, or, Took a lot of thought. Took a lot of thought. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you, all of you. You do. Why? Because all, all, all my, all my cooking is. My bread cooking sucks. <laughs> so when I cook bread, I'm really thinking I'm going to do something nice. And then I proud, and then I go buy a bread, and I notice that I'm, I'm really bad. So <laughs> I hate you, all what of you. What else do you cook, Marcelo? I was thinking about asking you this. It takes a special kind of talent not to be able to cook. <laughs> but he's saying Thank bread you. cooking, or is it any sort of cooking? Well, I think he's talking about toasting bread. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're so mean. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not kidding at all. I thought that's what he meant. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah, that's what he meant. <laughs> no, the bread. I'm trying to, 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 to cook, to be a baker and to, to try ah. to make some bread. And I'm, I'm no, I'm no, I suck. <laughs> but the rest, I'm okay. I'm I, with, well, the, with some grills, some some things that there. I know the you bread. can, I know you can with, barbecue. Uh, Monroe and Robin who do bread a lot, or we can ask Ed. He's good at that stuff too. You just need some or inspiration. Like <laughs> These days, anybody. Oh, wow. <laughs> Michelle, you just crushed him. <laughs> you just became evil. <laughs> I mean, I just, just based off what I see on Facebook every day, it seems like everyone knows how to make amazing bread. Like, I, not me. I don't know how to make amazing bread. Not me neither. I've not ventured into <laughs> In fact, if I did try to make bread, I guarantee it would be worse than your bread, Marcella. Mm. Mm. <laughs> we will have a, a bake, bread making. So, Marcella, if you were to grade your bread between zero and zero being worse, ten being best, where would you, where would, where would it be? Zero point five. We need a negative scale. <laughs> Not negative. Well, it doesn't matter. Right you can eat it, but at least no. But okay, you can eat it. But there will be repercussions. <laughs> I'm trying to do some like creative things, and it's not working. Sometimes it goes so. Now I don't even. I want to cry now. <laughs> well, you have plenty of time to practice. <laughs> exactly. Crying and what, making. What crying? Bread. 
the good <laughs> thing and, is and making bread. <laughs> the good thing is that I am alone, so the only thing that the only body who suffered through that is myself. <laughs> that is a good thing. Well, you could feed the birds with it, and then you can make them suffer too. It's <laughs> a good one. I have a lot of pigeons here. Thank That's you. true. <laughs> so Michelle and Marcella, while we while we have you here, we're gonna wrap up soon. But Neeraj called in because we have a game we like to play sometimes called Tango Confessions. Uh-oh. You want to play with us? Uh-oh. I didn't do it just in case. Was not me. Yeah, no, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to do anything. Well, sort of. Chico, do you want to sure. explain? And don't feel any pressure. If you'd rather take off and just listen, that's fine too. Uh, Neeraj is going to tell us a story. And now we have two minutes to ask him questions to figure out if this oh, story is true or false. Oh, fun. Definitely. I'm okay. In. False. <laughs> Tango Confessions. Sony Reg. Okay. What's the story? So this was uh, back in Seattle. Uh, I think this was uh, just after the 2008 uh, stock market crash. And what how that ended up for me was my company got liquidated and I got laid off. And so it was like a weird feeling for me. And so then I went to my tango friend let's just call him friend one mm-hmm. so i went to his house <laughs> and i was like hey man um i lost my job my company liquidated and he was like whoa and then like he made me a drink right away right away like you know it was like a welcome it, like he reacted as if like i won a lottery or something and he mm-hmm. made me a drink. And then with him were friend two and friend three. And they were sort of having a party, you know, dancing with tango and so on. But that was like, I mean, like, okay, whatever, you know. Like, I'm going to have a drink for this. That makes sense. So I had a drink. And then um, after that, we started, uh, we went to a bar after that. And uh, uh, I, I remember it was summer, so I was in shorts, he was in shorts, and friend three, I don't know, like he was not, he was in tracks, I think. But we, we, we kind of started hitting bars, and then we had another whiskey, and then walked to another bar, had another whiskey. So I think like it went on till like maybe we went to five bars. And I was, on an empty stomach and I am a very lightweight person I don't do well with alcohol at all but here I was with uh, you know five shots of whiskey in me and I was like what the fuck is going on here (laughs) and then for whatever reason we decided to go to Green Lake in Seattle this is like a very beautiful little lake uh, not too far uh, but it's a, it's a, it's quite a walk, and so we started walking over there, and then along along the way there is like a a baseball field, and uh, you know like how there's a fence around the field, like where the you know where the batsman is, 
Mm-hmm. And, like uh, a baseball field. Like a baseball, yeah. And then there's a fence around it. And so friend number three started climbing this fence. And that fence up really high, like four stories or something. And he just kept on climbing and climbing. And he went up to like, like the top. And I was like, if this guy falls down, I won't be able to find his bones. But I mean, he came down safely, but that was so crazy. Like that evening was just getting started. And then after that, we went to Green Lake. And then both of these, friend one and friend two, they jumped off of the high diving board. Not the small one, but the high diving board. And then like, I'm a sucker for peer pressure. So I had to do the same. So I went and I jumped off and I swam out. And then this guy now again goes up and does a dive, like like a head first dive. <laughs> and then friend two does the same thing. And so I'm you like, gotta do it. Fuck? So I gotta do it. <laughs> and you're drunk. So I climbed the high diving board. And well, that's then, why they're fucking doing it. Jimmy. I know, but like, the more you gotta do it, pressure is like anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I had to do it too. And then, again, friend one goes and he does a somersault, <laughs> but he lands like with his leg first, right? So like he wasn't like diving at this time, but it was still a somersault. Friend one did it. Friend two did the same thing. I'm like, what the fuck? So I did it too. And but I was like making a judgment like will I be alive after this? And uh I was alive. So but it was scary as shit. But I did it. Like you know, this it's so crazy what peer pressure can make you. <laughs> wow. And uh and alcohol. And alcohol. <laughs> and alcohol. <laughs> Let's start with the alcohol. There, that was so much alcohol inside me. Like I have never had that much alcohol ever inside me. Well, so we anyway. have some snoops on the case here. Hold um, on, hold on. Let me start in. the two minutes. Ready, go. We lost Michelle, okay, no, by it's the not, way. This is not over yet. This is not oh, over. okay. What Sorry. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. So on the way back, then we stopped at Whole Foods and got an extra beer. Like all this alcohol was not enough. Mm-hmm. So I got an extra beer and I drank it. And I think friend one did not drink. This is the one extra drink I had. And then we went back to his house. And there, uh, I think like the party had died down by then. Like everybody was tired. And I hadn't had any dinner or any food. And so I puked my guts out and I passed out in the hallway. And at that point, I had this, like I was so trashed. I had this feeling that you know, there's like like an out-of-body experience. Like, I felt my soul a little bit. And I felt like my soul was going to leave me. And I was like, no. No, 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 no. Not today. Like, this is not the way we say goodbye. Okay? Stay. Stay. Stick with me. Hello. And I, I kind of like, I had this struggle, a little struggle, you know? Like, that was the closest to death I've ever been. And... After that, like, I calmed down a little bit, and then I, I don't know what happened. I passed out or something. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the morning, I woke up. I was still in the hallway. And then friend one and friend three woke up. And then they, like, they realized that actually, some like, this wasn't normal. 
So they gave me some water and put me on their bed instead. And then after that, I don't remember anything. Okay. Yes. That's so that's story. your story. All right. All right. The time starts now. Questions. Adam was friend number one. <laughs> <laughs> he and could be. He totally three. could be. And he was. I was both friends. Some people have said startup people in Seattle wouldn't have gotten fired until spring 2009. When were you fired? Uh, I mean, I don't know the exact time, but it was after that, like, you know, the the mortgage crisis or whatever went down and the markets went down. And then after that, uh, a lot of companies started folding up and my company was one of them. I'm going to say, having experienced being drunk once or twice in my life, you have a very good memory for being so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I had told that story, I'd be like, I got fired. My friend got me a drink. The next day I woke up. I don't remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> Rosanna very clearly. But your so story is like <laughs> very detailed, my friend. Very detailed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, those because if you did those things, you would not forget. And he like if you jumped off a high diving board after some after having six or seven drinks, whatever, you would not. Possibly. I mean, at least I wouldn't forget that. Level of detail of how they jumped and everything too. Like, and are all your friends acrobatic? Like one going head down, one doing a somersault to get in. I don't know. There's like too much. I will I will say one of them is definitely very acrobatic. Uh, the second one is just goofy and silly. So yeah, what's that, Adam? <laughs> Perfect. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like, like. <laughs> but that's what peer pressure can get you into. That's what I think. Yeah. Like, Time I'm not is up, guys. But I did it anyway. If a fifth person okay, wants well, to call in and Debbie, Debbie, sorry. Yeah, if, you, if we want another caller, and some people are texting. So, what's the consensus out there, Tango people? We have, I think Debbie said this must be true, it sounds like from her comment. I believe he felt his soul. Jackie thinks it's true. Eleonora thinks Little it's Little Lamb. M sorry, go for it. Go, no, go for it. False from Eleonora. Michelle has thumbs up, so that's probably true. What? Oh, whiskey, I believe. What were you whiskey. drinking? It was, it, was whis it was all whiskey, and like in the end, there was a beer. That's all I remember. Don't ask okay, me what, so now what it's, kind of whiskey. Now Michelle says no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say true. Well, Eleanor, the reason he makes it up is because that's the point of the game. Is <laughs> 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 to either tell a story that, that could be believable or could be false. We don't know. If it was obviously false, then the game would lose all interest immediately. <laughs> I'm going to say false. I will say true. I will all say right. true, too. Was he wearing swimming trunks? No, no, no just shorts. I didn't have any swimming trunks. Because they weren't planning on not... going there. Yeah. April, wake up. See, I thought about that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, is it true or false? Let's see. 
I mean, do I have to say that? Well, that's kind of the point of the game, dude. Okay, okay, okay. It, it is, it is true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah! There's. I thought it would be very obvious that this was true because I well, like I'm not capable of making these things out. Well, the way that's the point, though. Like Ed was on the show a few weeks ago and he told this very uh, elaborate story and it was false, but he made it sound so true. See, that's because most of the that's details kind of were it, true, yeah. but yeah. like some part of it. But there's there's true. one detail that I there's one detail that I added which is not true. Can you spot that one? <laughs> Yeah. That you were almost dead? No. That, that you have true. a soul? <laughs> the soul, That's exactly, soul. Michelle. That you have a fucking soul? <laughs> I mean, at that point, I actually started believing in souls because I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> that shows, too, that Adam, that the people that they are get really drunk, they remember stuff still. So, not having... I mean, they remember the important stuff. <laughs> So then it's true that it's not true. It's 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 partly not true, but it is mostly true. Chica, we gotta get better guests. Yeah, we gotta get better <laughs> players, Mom. <laughs> you can't tell like half a story and say it's true. Okay, okay, okay. I mean it was it was the it was the diving and the somersault. That didn't happen. It was just the we just jumped three times from the high diving board. All right. So See, I actually caught true. on to that. No, then I would say this is uh, false. But yeah, this isn't how the game should be. Not it shouldn't. What's what we're actually questioning? Did he really get that drunk to jump? And did he think he was about to die? That's that. That is all true. That's what we're questioning as true or false. Gotcha. Not the little details, I guess, because our guests suck in telling stories. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you need to take care of your guests. Marcelo, hey, you man, need to play so this game next week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if it's as bad as your bread making. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good story. Maybe that that was. Uh... Well. I, I wasted at that time to wrap it up. What do you think, Chico? I think we are. I think we are. So guess what, everybody? This guess weekend, what? there's a virtual tango festival happening at the Philadelphia Tango School. There's 35 instructors, lecturers, musicians, teachers, dancers, performers all weekend long. I hope you'll join us. And... Um, We'll be here next week. I think we have our guests already lined up, don't we? Chica? Yeah, we do. We have James joining us, and James Friedgen, waiting on the, the long lost music. Still, yes. yes, but James Friedgen will be joining us for oh, our really? five questions. Yes. Oh, he was actually friend number one. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about that actually. <laughs> That's awesome. This could not get any smaller. This world, like Michelle and Pedro shared the show tonight. We had no idea that they'd work together. And that Machico last week was on the show and she worked with Pedro, which I guess I could have put two and two together. I I just didn't think of it. We knew all of this. It's just we didn't put it together. And now you're doing the story and James is our guest and he was friend number one. (laughs) (laughs) And this is an intro story. (laughs) Oh, that's great. 
Then you have some question for him now, more specific. Oh, oh my yeah, God, good ask. idea, Marcelo. Yeah, let's ask him if he remembers it. No, I'm just going to ask him, good. like, if he ever... <laughs> <laughs> like you know have you ever referred to yourself as friend number one <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly did what you, I said, like did one of your friend ever pass out in your hallway and was really close to dying well but now that i remember now that you said seattle that makes perfect sense yeah. that's why i was thinking yeah. if james was one of those people i should have asked it rosanna is asking oh, is he really friend number one <laughs> <laughs> She's still questioning your story. <laughs> Other question is, oh, so what do you like to do when you're drunk? Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you were drunk, yeah. low dive or high dive? Oh my God, yes, that's the question next week. It would be, <laughs> if I'm drunk, it would be high dive, definitely. As you have. Because I wouldn't so, die if I wasn't drunk. I'll send you some. I'm going to be. Oh, Neeraja, what I wanted to tell you is I did the Thomas Keller uh, potato puree recipe. And it was oh. amazing, man. Yeah, but you have to yeah. press them through a, uh, a screen. So they're super fine. Yeah. What do you call that? Uh, I call it a screen because I don't know. But he calls it what yeah. it is in the video. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like so into like French terms. You know, he will throw them all over. Yeah, super thorough. Yeah. No, it's not a sieve. It's a. It starts with a T, I believe. It's a round. Tammy. 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 Yeah, that's it. Tammy. Yeah. And I use like a strainer, basically, but it worked. And it was amazing. Holy Marcella, crap! Marcella, what so did good. you? Make, I, mean, I actually bought a bag of Yukon Golds today to make some more. I made. Uh, I'm so jealous. Parsnip puree <laughs> and celery root, celery yak puree as well. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's uh though his his videos alone are enough to keep you busy forever for a long time. He's so thorough. So what I'm thinking Yeah, and and I'm sorry, go, go for it. I want the link. I want the video, the YouTube link. I want these guys to cook for us, Marcelo. Oh yeah, I want to do that too, Pooja. That's next. That's a good idea. Massimo. Yeah, yeah. Massimo. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite a great a uh, chef's table episode one has Massimo in it, and it's a really cool episode. I think that's my favorite episode of all of yeah. chef's tables. That's amazing what he does for all the people with the cheese and everything. Yeah. Well, I guess we're gonna wrap it up, right? We good? We're good. I'm getting when hungry. Is, when I, is your? When I mean, is your. Uh, uh, questions with uh, friend number one. Like, <laughs> it's usually there? around is next Wednesday, uh, or is it during the yeah, festival? Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be our guest next week, so around nine thirty. Oh. Thank okay. you, Michelle. Cool. Yeah, you better come in and ask him questions, Neer. Yeah, because you guys are old friends. <laughs> awesome, I will. All right, Thanks. cool. So, yeah, guys, con yes. Congratulations, you have to more than fourteen. The last time we were standing really late with. Uh, we have now we have 40 24 oh well because we're not talking uh -huh. about right and left <laughs> <laughs> it was a cool conversation it though. was it was i have to say all right everybody thanks for joining us everybody thanks for joining us thank you thank, thank you, you so much guys see you next yes. week
Bye. Thank you, little lamb. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, Chico. What's the goodbye music, Adam? I'm going to play one of Pedro's songs. Okay. So I'll see you this weekend when we teach our classes. Okay. Yes, on Saturday. Take care. Bye. Bye, everybody.